Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I are going to do our recap episode of season two. As always, I'll start off with a little synopsis. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this short. It does not touch all of the elements, just to jog your memory a little bit of what happened. Uh, it ain't in so little. <laughs> yeah, not so little. Uh, Emma and Snow battle with Cora and Hook in the Enchanted Forest to get back to Storybrooke. David becomes a leader in the town and goes under a sleeping curse to help Snow and Emma get back. Snow manipulates Regina into killing her own mother, darkening her heart, and fighting to let the light back in. Uh, Regina battles with the darkness inside herself and ultimately chooses to do the right thing. Hook plays both sides to the middle until ultimately deciding he doesn't want to be alone, giving up on his quest for vengeance and joining the heroes. Rumpel finds his son only just to discover that he's actually Henry's father. Belle comes into her own only to lose her memory, but eventually finding her way back to Rumpel. Neil comes to Storybrooke to form a relationship with Henry, bringing his fiance Tamara, who was secretly plotting with the outsider Greg Mendel to destroy Storybrooke the whole time. And our heroes embark on an adventure to Neverland to find Henry. I'm sure I missed some things, but hopefully that was enough to jog your memories. Um, we'll do a little season overview. Did you like this season, Roger? No, not really. <laughs> I, you know, I've watched this twice before. This is my third watch. I used to wonder where the downfall, I guess, of the show was for me. And I assumed, like many shows, it was later in the season. So, you know, you get to, like, season four, season five. Like, West Wing, right? Writers change, characters leave, things like that. This one isn't the worst season, but it is the most disappointing season for me because it was set up so well. It had so many opportunities, so many great things from season one, so many great characters. And then we got just a lot of junk in season two. Like, stuff that just made me go, can we be done with this already? I think in multiple episodes you've heard me say, can we do something already? Can we do something already? I, yeah, I just, I, I thought this was a massive letdown for as enjoyable as season one was for me. You? I still like this season, but agree with you. It's, I mean, it's, uh, compared to season one, it is a huge letdown. Um, there are a lot of really great moments. The characters are still great here. It's just not threaded together very well. I, I also liked it less than I remember liking it. Um, I don't know if it's because we talked for an hour about every episode. Um, but I, I remember previously really liking when Emma and Snow were in the Enchanted Forest, and I did not enjoy that as much this time, which I'm also not entirely sure if it's because I really don't like that or because I don't like in episodes where that was occurring, there were often three storylines, which is ridiculous. Uh, I really like in shows like this that have an ensemble cast where instead of trying to show us all of the characters, they like focus on the character well, on like one or two characters per episode. Um, and we just don't get that here. Um, but I do, I mean, a lot of, a lot of interesting things happened here and I'm very excited for the next season, but, um, yeah, it wasn't my favorite and sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say actually that point that you made though, is that. I think the highlights of this season are the episodes where they say, okay, let's focus on like four characters. So let's not try to do everybody at once. Let's, and a lot of them really are Rumple episodes where it's like, we're going to go Rumple, Belle, Bay, and Emma. And that's it. That's all we're doing. And then everybody else gets to do their own thing in a different episode. And you're like, oh, look at that. It's two stories. They're paralleled and they're great. And then you get like that one episode that's only three of it back where it's like four locales in one episode. And you're like, what is going on right now? It's true. It's just chaotic. You know what this season is? This season is a movie where all of the good parts of it were in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some good stuff here. It looks solid. And then you like, you're like, nope, they didn't. That was, nope. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so we wanted to look back at the, in our season one recap, we talked about the questions that we had for season two. We wanted to see if they got answered. Um, Roger, what was your first question? My number one burning question was where's Bear Fire? And we get this answered, though, way too late. It took far too long for us to get to Manhattan, essentially. And then, as, as Neil himself says in the episode right before this, like... They found him and then just nothing. We got nothing else. Yeah, and what was interesting is that I even like understood from Rumpel's perspective is that he I guess he got what he needed from Bellfire and that like he forgave him on his deathbed. He thought he was dying. So it was like over, right? Father and son have been reunited. He's he said he's still mad, but he like, you know, respected his father, gave him the heartfelt moment, and then it was over. And I think Rumpel's like weird renewed lease on life didn't like bring them together. He just went and did his own thing. But also, like, yeah, where the hell... You put him in, like, the cold open of the season. Mm-hmm. You didn't come back to him for a full half season. Okay, but we know he's an important character, and then we really didn't get much of him in the rest of the season. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why? Yeah. How is he not featured in half of these episodes? It just That was an odd choice to me. Yeah, I agree. That was one of mine, too. Is Rumpel going to find his son? The answer is yes, but they disappointed me with the follow-up on that. The, show, the episode in which he finds him... Is amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's the best episode of the season. Yeah, by far. Um, my first question was, what's going to happen to Regina and what will she do to reconnect with Henry? That was, I think, my favorite part of the season. Um, she struggles up and down for a long time, but in the end, uh, ultimately makes the right choice. Uh, to not And not just because it's the right thing for Henry, but because she wants to, to save everyone. I mean, I don't actually know if it's the right thing for Henry. It was the right thing to do. Hey. She caused that problem and she had to fix it. Yeah, but like definitely, like Henry said, like, I'm going to be alone. Like, you're all going to die and yeah. I'm being doomed to being a life alone. Well, that's not what Regina agreed to. Regina agreed to slow the magic so everybody could get out with a magic beam, including oh, Henry. That's true. That <laughs> and then true. they didn't do that. <laughs> What's your uh, second one? Regina's ultimate consequences... Um, similar to what you were talking about, and we even talk about this in the deep dive, it's like, what is an appropriate punishment should have been a question that was threaded throughout this entire season. I would have loved to know all of the characters' perspective on that. Because Rumpel just wanted to kill her. And George may have just wanted to kill her. And, you know, you have uh, Mary Margaret who wanted forgiveness. And Emma who is unsure because she's conflicted. Mm-hmm. That conversation with multiple characters would have been very interesting just to find out, like, how do they feel? Because she screwed them all. Yeah. And they really don't touch on it much. Like, other than a few conversations here and there between Charming and, and Snow, it's like, you know she did bad stuff. Again, she even does bad stuff in this season, and they kind of just let it go. Like, it isn't really addressed, I think, the way that it should have been. But she was the star of season one. Um, and that, uh, yeah, so that was kind of my next question. Is like, how, how are they going to feel about her? And I don't know. It, it, it feels like the events of season one were just kind of forgotten. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it would have it would have also made that redemption more powerful at the end yeah. if they had focused on that. Well, especially because like it's realistic that some people, the Bells, the Snows, they're like even maybe Mother Superior are more willing to forgive her, whereas maybe you have some of the other characters who are like, no, screw you. Like so, like yeah. she has to work to still win them over. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know if Emma would accept her role as the savior, and, and I think the jury is still out on that a little bit. Uh, she's certainly, um, done her best to protect the town and definitely is like living in her role as the sheriff and like feels like she has a duty to protect Henry and, and like her family. 
But she also isn't really sure, like, when her family wants to move back to the Enchanted Forest, she's not sure if that's for her, which isn't necessarily about being the savior, but I think she's still a little bit struggling to, like, determine who she is. Yeah, I mean, I my take on that is I actually think she's kind of rejected her role as the savior. Mm. Um, A, because I think she's completed it, right? Like, I think in many ways she believes that, like, my job was to break the curse. Yeah. That is complete. And she kind of turned into less of, like, savior this season and more henry's mother yeah because regina's now out of the picture in that regard so she's kind of become a mom and then she's still a sheriff a little bit but we have two sheriffs now whatever that (laughs) means um and then also like even at the end when they're ultimately talking about what to do she doesn't embrace the let's go save regina right she embraces the let's take the safe route and get the hell out of here Mm -hmm. which isn't illogical she's thinking about her son like a mother would but a savior would say i have to save people where Mm -hmm. she's not I don't think that's her thought process right now. It's, mm-hmm. I'm doing what's best for who I need to. One might say that Regina was trying to be the savior in that situation. I think Regina was more going for redemption yeah. than less like being the savior. Like, I did all of this, let me die as, mm-hmm. with a good act as opposed to like trying to be the savior. Sure. Uh, is I, that it for you for Emma? I have one more question, but yeah, that's, the, that's it for that. My third question was, what does magic being in Storybrooke actually mean? Mm. And I don't know that we got a definitive answer. In some ways, it caused a lot of problems. In some ways, it solved a lot of problems. So, meh? (laughs) I don't know. Lacey liked it, so maybe that was good? Big pro. pro. (laughs) He also wouldn't have found Balfire without the magic. Gotta put a big check mark in the pro for Rumple there. Because without that globe, I mean, he's not getting it. That's true, although sometimes we see them use magical objects even when there is no magic. Only in season one we see that once. With the, And there was a little bit of magic left when everybody used the hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I don't recall them. Um, but obviously a lot of crazy stuff happened. And also the outsiders arrived, which was because of magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was odd. It, it, I would say that answer was inconclusive. I don't really know if that made things worse or better. Obviously the... Uh, the trigger, though I don't know, that's not because of magic, I guess. Had he not brought magic back, that still would have been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that failsafe isn't even because of magic. Yeah, so it just it's very unclear for me. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. My last question is, will Snow and Charmy finally get to stop having to find each other? And my response to that was just, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> I mean, they did. They, right now, they're together. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> There's going to be more finding. They're together, but they're not on the same page. They're more on the same page. Snow is now interested in going back. She doesn't want to leave Emma, but but at first she, like, really didn't want to go back yeah. to the Enchanted Forest. And then, like, in that episode where they take Emma to show her the bean fields, like, Snow is on that page now. But she will, I think she would only go if Emma went. So she's hard to read right now because she's so grieving her own darkened heart. That yeah. Like she's she's like a desperate soul just looking for something to clutch onto that like, I don't know that she's so much on the same page, but like, she's just like, I don't know what to do. So she's just grasping at straws. Yeah. Um, and, and for the most of the season, they've, even though they've been like, quote unquote, together, they've been on like opposite ends of the page. He wants to do one thing. She wants to do another thing. Even when she has a conversation about Cora needs to die, Charming immediately goes to the like, no, you can't do that. You have the... So it's like, they really haven't been in agreement the mm-hmm. way that we saw them more so in season one prior to like the big affair storyline where they kind of like thought similarly yeah. or in the past where they're like always on the same page. So you're saying they need to find the same page again. I mean, they got to... Th- 
I don't know if this ever gets addressed, but A, they got to fix whatever is going wrong with Snow White. Mm-hmm. Like that That is the problem. And B, I think one of the things they're struggling with is that they've never really been together when they weren't having a bigger conflict to focus on. Yeah. They had either a kingdom to take down or a curse to deal with or a Korra monster to deal with. So, like, this is the first time they're like, okay, there's no impending doom. Mm-hmm. Be together. And, and they, they kind yeah. of struggled at it. What's your last question? This was more of a step back outside of the show question asked like how should you follow up the curse being broken because mm. that was the big thing in season one i don't know what the answer is but this was not it <laughs> i agree with that this nonsense is not how you follow up that curse that was just an absolute disappointment for what we should have gotten in my opinion there was not a single compelling storyline in season two that even holds a candle to what i thought the curse brought us in season one mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the big thing that hurts season two. Is it doesn't have that overarching, you know, start to finish thread. I agree with that. Okay. Um, so we promised you a recap of all of our counting. <laughs> I cried 14 times in this season. Relative to season one, is that more or less? It's only two less, actually. So really the last episode of season one is what pushed it over the top then. Because you cried four times there, Yes. Right? I did cry four times in episode three of season two as well. Lady of the Lake where... Snow and Charming get married. Oh. Okay. Um, and his mother dies. Oh, yes. Even I cried in that episode. I know. Um, magic beans. We saw eight this season. Eight magic beans. And how many do we see in season one? One. Yeah. Yeah. So those, uh, <laughs> there was no way <laughs> to get to Storybrooke because there's no more magic beans. Except there were eight. I mean... Now, of those magic beans, how many of them were grown by the giant? Well, I guess I guess we saw an entire bean field, so we saw thousands of beans, but we didn't actually like see the individual see beans. The bean. uh, I think that there were three beans that they managed to salvage from okay. the burning slash Regina taking Raising them. of the fields. Mm-hmm. We didn't get much less than a day's ride from here. Uh, yeah, we got two of those. Yeah, I definitely thought we got more in this season. I think it happens more later. Huh. Um, or maybe it's just a weird thing that stuck with me that actually isn't real. I feel like I remember it too, but yeah, could absolutely be a Mandela effect here. Uh, should have listened to Emma. We got two of those this season. And of those, how many times should Emma have listened to Emma? Two. Okay, cool. Two times. Excellent. Uh, Roger only used the phrase top five episode one time. I, I said after season one it wasn't going to be used up frequently. Yeah, for Manhattan, which is also a top five episode for me, I think. Um, I'd maybe also put the crocodile. not Probably not top five, but top, top ten. ten. I would put crocodile yeah. in top ten. I really thought about it. Yeah, crocodile is a very good episode. It's a, it's a good one. I also think the, the Outsider was a pretty good episode, too. Yeah, I mean, so much happens in that episode. Yeah. It's very exciting. See, that's... Like, there are a lot of great moments. They just don't fit in with, like, the whole story very well. Well, like, I want to say The Outsider and something else, like, like, we get, like, two back-to-back really good episodes. Mm. I think Cricket Game was actually around it, and it was pretty good, too. Mm -hmm. But then, like, you get sandwiched by, like, some of these, like, or, like, Manhattan was preceded by Tiny, Mm -hmm. which, like, just was way out of place. So Mm -hmm. it was, like, it was too much of, like... Good episode, what is this nonsense? Okay episode, what is this nonsense? Great. So it was just like ping-ponging, back mm-hmm. and forth. And it was, yeah. I agree. Okay, winners and losers. Uh, so we track these separately for each of us. Roger had the most wins for Rumpelstiltskin at six. 
Regina at five and Cora at five. Interesting how high you had Regina on there. Um, I had Cora at three, Hook at three, and Rumple at three. You are much more diverse in your victory choices. I am. You yeah. usually choose Rumple, Regina, or Cora. Cora. <laughs> I mean, that was, you said six five five. That's sixteen of the twenty two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was three three three, and then a bunch of twos and yeah. ones. Um, your top losers were Regina at eight, Emma at five, and Snow at five. Notably, you did not choose Rumple as a loser even one time. I don't believe he lost more than anything. I chose him as a loser four times. Shocking. Uh, I mean, I chose him, I guess, as a winner about equally. Uh, Regina was a loser seven times. So we, <laughs> that does we not were, surprise me. We were pretty me. close yeah. on that. Um, and then I had a lot of ties for two losers. Um, Hook lost twice. Greg lost twice. And uh, Neil lost twice, as well as Aurora. I thought that one was notable. Aurora was <laughs> our, lost our, her heart. Lost her heart, and uh, in that in that early episode when she like wakes up from her curse and learns that like <laughs> like uh, Philip gets taken away by the oh, wraith, yep. and actually their land was cursed for twenty eight years, and a bunch of people got taken away, and. Philip might be in love with Mulan. <laughs> like it's it's a bad episode for Honestly, Aurora. Honestly, go back to sleep. Like at that point, <laughs> this isn't working. For it's you. not good. No. Okay, so we've already started to talk about quite a lot of these, but uh, wanting to dive into missed opportunities from the season. So I think a big one that we both agree on is this one just did not have an overarching story, and it really needed it. I think this. Uh, they say the sins of the father. Mm-hmm. You can't break the curse after one season. Yeah, I agree with and that. And this season shows what the consequences of that were, is that you just didn't have anything to follow it. I, I think, um, I understand what they were going for. I actually almost would have flipped the ending, um, the trigger for Storybrooke would have been a fine ending for season one. Mm-hmm. And then break the curse maybe in season two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once you're broken in season one and everybody kind of like woke up, really lost a lot of its intrigue and the mystery and like even the flashbacks like there were some really fun flashbacks like whale was about the only character we weren't sure who he was uh-huh. other than that but like in the first season one we we're like oh who's that oh who's that oh who's that yeah you didn't get that anymore because everybody was awake you so it's like knew. you really lost some of that intrigue um and even the new characters that you, they introduce us to you know who they are immediately hook you yep. know i mean he's obviously a slightly different hook than we remember sure. Um, Aurora, we know her story is very similar to what and, and like, Philip as well. Boring. M- Mulan's is a little different, I'll, but not that much. Uh, and all, we don't get very, we don't get any flashbacks about her. They're also all introduced in the Enchanted Forest. Right. Like Storybrooke didn't have the like intrigue anymore. Mm-mm. It was just kind of like a quaint town up in Maine. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so yeah, I think that was probably their. Their biggest handicap going into this season was not having the curse to work with. Because mm-hmm. that killed a lot of what made season great. Um, another one I know we agree on is this season just did not have a consistent damn villain. Who's the villain? Who's the fucking villain? Uh, and related to that, we thought it was Cora, and then you killed her like pretty early. <laughs> so that was a that was a big swing and a miss. I could have watched Barbara Hershey wreak havoc on this town all day. If Cora was supposed to be the villain of this season, she didn't do anything. Nope. N- nothing really, like, other than killing, um, what was her, the maid's name? 
Johanna. Johanna. She does really nothing. And she just made it take longer for Regina to find her redemption. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, the only thing she did was break Regina. Yeah. She, like, you know, you look at, like, what Regina did. She did some horrible things. She murdered Gran. She poisoned Henry. She got into a hilarious fight with Emma. Like, she was doing things. She, her and Rumpel had these fun little mm-hmm. back-and-forth battles. Kor had, like, it was like um, they say in horror movies, sometimes you don't show the monster because it's not that interesting anymore. We had all this potential of what Cora might do, and instead all she did was die. Yeah. <laughs> the most all notable she thing she did. Die. Her best episode, truth be told, was her flashback. That is the mm-hmm. most menacing and terrifying that Cora ever was, is when you saw her um, with Rose McGowan, who was fantastic in the episode, talked about, you know, I want to break their backs and have them on the knees, and you were like, whoa, this woman is terrifying. Yeah, that's actually one of my other missed opportunities. I would have loved to spend more time with Rumpel and young Cora. I mean, I wanted to know so badly when he says, I can handle Cora. And then Regina says, that's not how she tells the story. I wanted to be like, what is the story? And we did get the story, but it was only like one episode. And there was clearly more there. Um, Later in this season, uh, in The Evil Queen, the like, not the last episode, but the one before that, um, when Regina wants to glamour herself to look yeah. like someone else. And Rumpel says, it took your mother months to learn that spell. Yeah. And it's like, months? We only saw you like interact with each other for a couple days. Like, what was going on during that time? I want more. Well, and also, like, the way that Regina tells Rumpel in that conversation is that, like, you say you won. She says she won. There was, like, this great confrontation. And then in their backstory, I mean, it's not this like battle where one one is like she like tricked him and took out her heart but it wasn't this like decisive victory mm-hmm. so i was like was there something else that happened between i don't know and it feels like that they would have crossed paths one more time um like i even said how did she know that the details of the curse mm-hmm. they must have crossed paths a second time mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely wanted more definitely more rose mcgowan because she was great so good barbara hershey was great but and and even though she was in half the season i feel like half the episode she wasn't even in like a lot of times uh-huh. she would just skip out so it was just like what on earth is she? And some of her lines, like her comedy was hysterical. Oh, great. When she was in the car, she's like, oh, I just found, it was so bad overacting. And you're like, oh, that's fantastic. And Gina's like, knock it off. I know exactly what that was. Cora and Hook were also excellent oh, together. They played yeah. off, their their humor and like comedy played off each other so well. Yeah. Cor, I mean, Cora and Rumpel were interesting. One thing I wish we'd gotten was before Belle lost her memories, I think it would have been interesting to see Cora and Belle. Because those are two women that Marple did love, but they're like opposite ends yeah. of the spectrum. So that, like, you, like I even said this, the devil and the angel on your shoulder, like Cora em- trying to get Rumpel to embrace his monster and then Belle trying to get Rumpel to embrace the man he is would have been very interesting mm-hmm. to see how he plays that. But yeah, it just, a lot of this was odd, the choices they made. Yeah, I agree. What else you got on this? I, I my missed opportunities are long. I only have two more. Um, okay, I'll do two. I'll, I'll go four. Uh, four like my fourth oh <laughs> i think emma was a huge disappointment in this season hmm. couple reasons i said this earlier without her being the savior anymore which really there was like not anything for her to save she kind of just became a mom to henry mm-hmm. which like it makes sense that she had to step in that world where Regina pushed out but it's not all that interesting because like, they, they used to have like fun adventures where they would like go and do stuff it was ridiculous but it was like fun but they don't really do that anymore. Like she was gone for the first third of the season and then she comes back and then they go to Manhattan, which is interesting, but then Henry's mad at her and it's like that dynamic of those two wasn't really there this season. So I know it was just kind of like a boring straight man. Um, 
one of the other things that kind of bothered me was that like okay they're all fantastic fairy tale characters and emma isn't if she's going to be like the straight woman of this show then much like that episode where she's the sheriff and she kind of calls out like yeah, you know, most people don't bring their parents <laughs> don't into Don't bring their sh- mommy and their daddy. <laughs> she should have been doing that every episode because mm-hmm. they do ridiculous shit in every episode. Like, she should have been one who's like, this doesn't make sense to anyone. Like, in the real world, this is absurd. But they don't have her do that. So she's kind of just, like, sitting there as, like, a non tale character who's accepting it, but, like, doesn't make her stand out anymore. And the only role they gave her was jealous, bitter ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I agree. I think that they did Emma a disservice in this season. She has a few... Um, moments, notably towards the end of the season when she finally confronts her feelings about Neil. Yeah. Um, which are, is so much more than just like, I don't want to accept that I love this person. Like, it's like he abandoned her. She thought that he put her in, he like framed her for a crime. Like she's, she was abandoned by her parents as a baby and then found them like, she has a lot of emotional stuff to deal with. And we don't really get to see very much of her dealing with it. I think I think we'll get more of that in the next season, and I, I, I think they've, like, set us up a little bit for that. There's notably a very powerful moment in season, in episode two of, yes, yeah. and before that, actually. Um, but you're right, they just don't, for, for her being, like, the lead of the show, you don't get, a, you don't get very much Emma. Well, not, and, like, not only do you not get a lot of Emma, you don't get anything more than, like, shallow Emma. Like, mm-hmm. you just get surface-level stuff with her, which is, like, silly for this mm-hmm. kind of show. Also, for as much chemistry as Emma and Neil have on screen, Hook and Emma have no chemistry to me. It just... <laughs> their scenes are almost never entertaining. Like, even, like, I've, I, that hospital scene is one of the worst acted scenes she has in the entire... <laughs> like, it's just so bad and so not threatening. And I mean, it's just... It, they something about them just doesn't really work. And the funny thing is, like, I thought it was like, oh, I just hate Hook. Hook has plenty of other scenes where I'm like, oh no, this is hilarious. Like him and Rumple on screen clashing is great. Him and Cora on screen is fantastic. Even him and Charming are hilarious. Like <laughs> just the way that he just you know gets punched in the face or he knocks him out. It's like it, it, there's just for some reason about those two, it does not work and it doesn't pop on screen. And like Emma and Neil make so much more sense, especially with Henry in the picture, that you're like, this is too early to be setting that up. Like. I, I don't think... I think you're right. They did her a disservice, like, 100%. This is not the way to use your lead character. I don't feel the same way that you do about Hook and Emma, but I... I, uh... I agree that... Yeah, I agree with your disservice to Emma here. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have another misuse of a character. Ruby? And that person is Ruby. Ruby was a great character in season one. And I think one of my least favorite episodes in season two is the Children of the Moon, where we, like, get her backstory. And it's not, like, anything necessarily, like, wrong with the character, but the overacting by the other wolves is just so bad. And I, I did like the, like, like Snow, you're my family. Like, you get me. I did like that. And I thought I also thought that episode in Storybrooke was great. The Storybrooke part of the episode yeah. is really good. But like for the most part, like they gave her that one episode and then she didn't have anything to do. They just didn't like they would use her randomly when it could have been anyone and they like didn't they didn't like shape her character or like have her learn anything about herself. It just it was it made me sad because I think she's great. She like fell off. Like she went from like not a main character, but she was like a recurring yeah. character to really I don't know that this season changes one way or another if she just not had shown up at all, Mm -hmm. which is disappointing. That actually flows perfectly into my, like, number three point. Side characters. 
like think about the side characters that we had in season one. Sydney, fantastic. He was a sycophant who was just in love with Regina and would do anything, including taking the fall for attempted murder. Jefferson. He was he had that excellent hat trick debut. He has the tortured, like his daughters within reach. They're gone. Maleficent. I don't think we see the zombie Maleficent, but we never get to yeah, see, you know, the yeah. real Maleficent. You don't have Abigail, who's like the victim, you know, Catherine, I think, in uh-huh. this. Instead, we get Aurora and Mulan, which not compelling in my opinion. And then like even Whale. Whale's two episodes are really good, but he doesn't really do much in this season either. Like yeah. other than kind of the he gets the funny line at the beginning, can nuns date. He gets the I forgot about that. Yeah, he gets the doctor <laughs> episode and I think what for the love of the brother? In, yeah, in the name of the in brother. In the name of the brother. And that's it. I yeah. mean, it, so it's like all these great side characters that really helped flush out the town were just shunned aside. And I know they kind of had too many characters, which is one of the things I didn't want them to introduce a bunch of new characters. All these other great characters got pushed aside. I'll even say, and I, I'm not saying this in that I want another dreamy. Yeah. They didn't even use Leroy's like comic relief randomly in episodes enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. George. It's here. Oh, George. Oh, George. How do you not use George? I know more? he had that one great episode with the children of the moon. And yeah. then he just is gone. Well, and they mentioned the town asked Regina to leave. So the mayor seat should have been open. You can't tell me that King George doesn't believe it's his rightful job to be in charge of the town. He would have been a fantastic villain. They set up him in Charming as an excellent, like, hero versus villain. Never come back to it. Yeah, like, where did he even go? Because, like, it seemed like his whole thing was he wanted to hurt Charming, but then Snow and Emma come back, so, like, his plan failed. So, like, why didn't he try to do anything else? I do know from a deleted scene. I also know what happens to him, but, like, we don't even get to see that. It just happens off screen. Or, like, Whale. Whale versus Mm -hmm. um, Rumple was fun. Like, you could have really had a science versus magic kind yeah. of, like, back and forth between them. Nothing. You just... Or, like, you know, why isn't, like, people like Hook trying to get Whale? I mean, it's just... There was so much more to do with these characters that were interesting. I actually really liked the Ruby and Whale interaction that they yeah, had. Yeah, I liked that a lot, too. Could have been great to expand that upon was great. that. Nothing. Just, that was a great use of Ruby's character. Uh-huh. It was fitting for her as a person, and they both learned something from it. And it was a good tie back to season one when yeah. he went from hitting on her like a lech to, mm-hmm. like, okay, now they like monster to monster. Mm-hmm. It was a great episode. Never come back to it. Um, and then really kind of the last side character, which we already talked about. There's no way that you open the season with Neil <laughs> and then misuse him. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, not it. nearly enough. Especially with what happened to Emma. Like, he needed to be a focal point of this season as Henry's father, as the, like, guy who had been, like, he, uh, he should have been a main character in season two, in my opinion. Agreed. So that was just, that was hugely disappointing. Um, my last one is we didn't get enough Tamara being a fucking badass at lying and scheming. She was so great. And like later in the episodes, she just doesn't really stay, say anything. She just stands there and glowers. Scowls menacing. Yeah. I am of the belief that one of two things should happen. Either A, we should have given us more Tamara and she should have been like a 13 episode villain or just delete her. Yes. Because what we got was a tease. Like the episode she gets pretty good. Yeah. And then after that, you're right. She just kind of stands in the background. Greg's the one who kind of takes charge. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't, she just not... Not, not enough good. August either. We didn't get enough August. Oh, yeah. August. Yeah. No, that's another good one that was fun. Mm-hmm. She feels like she was only introduced to give Emma something to do being the jealous ex-girlfriend. She really... Mm-hmm. There was no other depth to Tamara. I don't know why she's doing what she does. I don't know if it ever gets answered. She, she seems like a zealot to me. Like the way that she speaks about how like magic is evil and we're going to cleanse it from this world and blah, blah, blah. Never know. I mean, she's just way too shallow of a character who's supposed to be, like, the second big bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I wanted way more. The next two are going to be a little bit more in-depth. Okay, go ahead. 
Snow White. I was unbelievably disappointed by her character this season. The okay. way that they... I actually think the story of Darkening Her Heart is completely fine. I think the action that they took to get there was ridiculous. Instead of her manipulating Regina to kill Cora, which is, quite frankly, absurd. Like, Snow White has never been shown to be manipulative. That's just not a skill set she has. So magically, she's like, just got a force bubble out of nowhere to save her life. Because, really, she should have just gotten caught by Regina and punished for that. Instead, she tricks Regina into killing her mother. Like, that's absurd. And then, second... Like, I broke down a list of all of the things that Snow White should have logically been frustrated with that could have actually been Darkening Heart over time. Charming thinking she was capable of murder in season one. Like, yeah, they were cursed, but that's her true love. And if she was cursed and believed in Charming, you've got Emma, her daughter, literally telling her, well-deserved slap. <laughs> kind of called her a whore, basically. And then afterwards, after they broke the curse, all she wants to do is talk about it. Emma's like, no. I mean, Charming does tell her not to push it, and she pushes it that anyway. That wouldn't darken her heart, though. Well, it's frust- It's something that would frustrate her mm-hmm. and piss her off. And, like, those kind of things over time could darken your heart. Um, the town literally turning her back, their backs on her. Like, they all treat her like an outcast. They straight up... She even mentions it. She says, uh, oh, so I got all these friends who showed up to this party? Because mm-hmm. it didn't feel like that yesterday. In fact, Granny literally says you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Okay, first off, it should be they should be ashamed of themselves. Because Dave is just as equally wrong in this one. Mm-hmm. And second aren't these people your friends? Like, okay, yeah, you made a terrible mistake, but, like, you didn't murder someone. Like, that's awful that they all turned on you. Even Henry's class, we're glad you're not a murderer. Not, I knew you didn't do it the whole way. (laughs) Just, we're glad you didn't kill her. Hmm, that's a little weird. Um, Geppetto, that scene, should have been way more expanded upon. Yeah. She even says, I could have been with her. She should have unloaded on Geppetto at that Mm -hmm. point. And instead, it's just like a punch or a slap, and then she apologizes immediately. Ridiculous. Um, the fact that her father was murdered by Regina, and she found out that her mother was now murdered by Cora. So there's literally a decent... Oh, and finally, my favorite one, that Regina has still blamed her for literally everything. Like, all of these things have happened to her, that could have been darkening her heart, where she just gets snippy and sick of it, and slowly but surely, like, you could have had her and Regina doing this, like, inverse, where Regina's working on her path to redemption, and Snow slowly darkening, mm. and let Charming, who is a bit of an enabler, like, pretend like it's not a big deal, and then Rumpel could be like... I hope you know where this is going because that's where Snow White should have gone instead of this like one action. And then we kind of like dropped it. It was like a big plot at the end of season two. And then we're like, oh, we're going to make the right choice. And I don't think we ever come back to this. Like it was not concluded in a way for something like that where we saw the heart. It was just let go. No, yeah. I I thought that's actually a really interesting idea. I'd never thought of that before. I did. um, I mean, it was very, what she did to Regina was very dark. (laughs) It was dark, but it was also out of character to, like, a degree mm-hmm. that was, like, that's silly. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's an interesting one. Um, and, yeah, I just, I think there were some, and the actress can pull this off. Like, mm-hmm. I think seeing, you know, maybe it's just a snippy comment here or there where it's like, oh, it's nice, Charming, when you actually believe in me. Or it's nice that Emma wants to talk to me now. Or, oh, it's nice to have my towns not turn. And just uh-huh. slowly but surely show that, like, there's a little bit of build. And then when Johanna dies, like, you know, maybe it comes out in a burst. Or when Geppetto tells her it comes out in a burst. And then let it be a real thing that you have to, like, overcome because that frustration would build up. However, as frustrated as I was with Snow White, there is no bigger missed opportunity than Regina fucking Mills. <laughs> I don't understand how you had the best character of season one devolve into this nonsense. Just awful. I mean, I'm sorry. The flip from Evil Queen to uh, Weak, I do nothing and stand aside as all the things yeah. happen to me, to Mommy Dearest comes back into my life, clearly manipulates me, but I fall for it anyway. 
I now turn into the evil sidekick and just revert to my evil ways, ignoring my previous promise to my son. And then mommy dies, and now I'm kind of back to being the evil queen, but not so much, and I'm kind of blaming you guys for it, even though I've done all this evil shit. And then at the very end, I decide to become an actual savior. You're like, what the fuck is this not? Like, just... No, I, I didn't like that. I also didn't like that. I said this before. Why weren't the other characters talking about Regina? Like, that should have been a, a, an overarching yeah. concept about, like, Charming and Snow had that quick conversation on the dock about it. That should have been every single character should have weighed in. What do we do about the evil queen? That, that, that's a real conversation. Also, you had a perfect... Oh, Archie. He's another character that we didn't get enough of. Therapy for these characters would have made a lot of sense, especially Regina. Mandatory post-curse-breaking therapy sessions with Archie for everybody. But I mean, especially Regina, like her explaining why she did the things she did, how she's working to become a better person, how difficult it is not to just kill people would have been very interesting to hear. Well, and actually that would have been an interesting uh, consequence isn't the right word, but like people get together and they're like, what are we going to do about Regina? And they're like, well, mandatory therapy is number one. I mean, I, I will say, I think it would have been interesting to have some people who say, let's try to fix her. Kind of like you see with the mm -hmm. prison system. There's some people who want to fix people and there's some people who just want to punish people. Mm -hmm. There could have easily been a council of people who says, you know what? The evil queen's got to go. Mm -hmm. And they're scheming in the background and trying to get rid of Regina. Like, they don't mm -hmm. care. They think what she's done is unforgivable and they want to kill her. That's a logical thing. Um, but yeah, not having that was just insane to me. And also, if Regina was going to be quote-unquote redeemed, why did you skip all of the things that she could have done to do something? Whether it was giving up her own curse at the end of season one, uh, going under a sleeping curse. Like, it's actually a noble sacrifice to go under a sleeping curse knowing you had no chance of coming out, potentially. Mm -hmm. That is what a hero would do, but she doesn't do that. They don't even ask the question. Like, even if they would ask the question and gave the answer you give, she's like, well, what if I can't get out? And she just declines, and then you go, okay, you're still struggling with what it means mm -hmm. to be a hero. Or be her being the one to take down her mother should have been her closure. Like, yeah. that was her moment. She should, there's no way in hell Snow should have been the one to essentially get the kill. Mm -hmm. That should have been Regina saying, you know what? You were the cause of all my, like, nonsense. I even would have loved if that she... That would have been much more powerful. She should have killed Cora. She should have said, you know what, Rumpel? I make, let's make peace. Here's a truce. Call it a day. Like, I saved your life. I tried. I screwed Belle. We'll call it one for one now since you're not dead here. Yeah. Then it would make sense that they would kind of agree on each other. And you, that's her way that she works her back, back to redemption. But she doesn't do any of that. And so, yeah, I guess at the end she does a sacrifice for the... And also, the other thing I hate. That little trigger, if you're going to raise the stakes like that, that should have been introduced literally in the first episode. It felt like a, a deus ex machina. Absolutely. It was, it was just, it was like, how are we going to end this? Oh. But if you'd have shown like when Emma went down there, secretly Regina also mm -hmm. went down there and grabbed something where she's like, if I can't have my storybook, I'm going to kill it. And then mm -hmm. maybe she like works her way to like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not mm -hmm. going to do it. And then we have a show. But instead you introduce in like episode 19. Yeah. And then it's just like, this is, like you said, it's Deuces Machina. And you're like, this is dumb. Like, it's just fucking dumb. Yeah. Too much of not building things and not building off of the previous season is like, it ruined Regina for this season. She was your best character. Too many candles, not enough murder. Too much screaming. <laughs> Too much screaming in a fire room, too many candles, not enough murder. Yeah. Oh, other thing I want to talk about. Murder plot. The murder plot in this season was unbelievably disappointing. It was so short, too. It was short with no stakes. It it was illogical. Like, why did they believe that evidence can't be faked? Also, you made a great point of, like, we don't trust gold. 
Okay, but we're gonna have him do all of the magical spell, and then we trust Emma. But like, couldn't Gold have just tricked you? Yeah, I don't. It, it was very weird. It was unbelievably ridiculous. Like all, it would have been a great idea to have Archie die, and then we don't know who it is, and then let everyone think it's Regina. And mm-hmm. then there's multiple suspects who would want to set Regina up, and you could have went around. And it could have been Rumple. Could have been this person. Could have been that person. Too much of the things this season, instead of like having any mystery and intrigue, it was just shown to us ahead of time. And yeah. it was like, well, you're not building anything. I'm just kind of bored with this. Anything else? I mean, I had to narrow it down to four because I could spend another hour and a half talking about the things I wish they had done. Um, but I'm going to move on for now. Okay. Roger is moving on. Yeah. Roger's moving on from his vengeance. I'll, I'll come back to this probably more in season three. I'll probably bitch about season two more in season three. Okay. Um, our next category is best costumes from the season. Uh, this feels like a really weird, fluffy thing to talk about after our very serious missed opportunities conversation. Um, my first one is... Oh, we're all doing yours. I... You don't have... You're just gonna comment on my I'm just gonna comment on yours. I had something that I was like, you know what? I even remember last time. For the most part, we are in agreement about the costumes, so I'm gonna let you handle this. Great. Yeah. Just feel free to jump in. Uh, my first one is Cora's red dress with the black gloves in the Miller's Daughter. So it's, um... Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan oh. as Cora. The, like, st- I, I, I always love it when, like, long, elegant gloves are a different color than the dress. That dress looks so good on her. And one of the things I really like about it is it's, it fits with the, the costumes that, like, they're wearing in the Enchanted Forest, like... It's not medieval times, but you know what I mean, like ancient, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it also looks like some like I would wear that to like a ball or something. Like it, it, it also oh, looks yeah. modern in yeah. some ways. So like that was kind of cool. It looks uh, some yeah, you're right. It looks like something you could still yeah. wear. It's simple but elegant. Yeah. Uh, also from that episode, the wedding dress that she wears when she's talking to Rumple. Oh yeah. Huh. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's it has like uh, jewel like it's. Uh, it's not quite white. It's like champagne and it has like jewels on it. It doesn't feel like Cora to me though. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But it's beautiful. It also, you know, it's funny. You know what quote she says at that? She says something about Snow White and that's when Rumpel makes yeah. the trip. When you can see the future, irony is everywhere. Because yes. that looks like a dress Snow White would It wear. does look like a dress Snow White In fact, wear. she might end up wearing a similar It actually looks dress. very similar to the dress that Regina wears to her wedding. Yeah, yeah, yep. No, Snow White's wedding dress has like feathers on it. Oh boy. Oh. I know. Uh, this was a theme from season one for me uh, when Regina wears the thing that's like pants, but also <laughs> like a, it's not like a jacket. It's like a bodice on the top and then it has like a skirt on the bottom, but not yeah. in the front. Um, she wears, uh, she wears a dress like that in the Evil Queen. It's like leather pants with a red velvet coat dress thing. Just, it always looks really good on her. I was thinking of the episode where mother and daughter had like a similar look. Oh yeah, I have that one on here too. Um, Cora's pantsuit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is so good. She looks so good in that pantsuit. She just like really pulls off. She's like, I have never dressed like this before, but mm. I like this suit. Yeah, and they look very, like they both are wearing. Yeah. I think Regina's wearing a skirt, but she it's is. like a suit situation. But like they look similar enough. Like they yeah. look like two people going out together. Yeah, and they're both wearing, like, black and red. You think it's one of the clothes she sniffed while she was in Regina's house? Probably. Weird. Actually, I thought one's black and red, one's black and blue. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Another one I have that I know you're not going to agree with. Um, I I don't, not necessarily his whole outfit. I mean, I do, I think it's it's fitting. It is nice to see a departure from 
perm, uh, perm hook. You don't like perm hook? I don't like perm hook. I love hook. perm hook. Um, but I really like it when he wears a red vest under his, like, black leather. It, like, pop, the, like, the color pops. Um, I generally like his pirate attire, except he wears these stupid fucking shoes that I just, they are, they have like a little, like they're so pointy and they like come up at the front. Yes. It's so bad. I mean, I think Hook was like an idiot in general, but I also think pirates look like idiots in general. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I do not. It just look. It, it. I will say this later. It's one of the ones that just looks so out of place in storybook. Like, can we get this man some clothes? He doesn't change ever. Like, other That's than the not hospital, true. he's always wearing his pirate crap. Other than in the in hospital. this season. That's what I mean. Oh yeah. Multiple days occurring. He, he has one mission. <laughs> it's not to shower. It's not to shower. That's disgusting. <laughs> Pirates don't shower. Haven't you ever heard that thing about how when you watch a movie about pirate ships? People getting attacked by pirate ships at sea is completely ridiculous, like as a surprise, because you can smell Smell pirate ships coming. Look at the way Hook looks. Does that look like a man who doesn't shower? No, it doesn't. Okay. So, like, that, that, that is a man who puts in way too much product in his hair every day. The man has eyeliner for eyelashes. Come on now. Um, before we continue on with best costumes, a ridiculous other, couldn't someone get this person some fucking clothes? Why did they let Aurora wear that fucking dress <laughs> the whole time? Like, they're running through the woods, and it's cold, and she's wearing a dress with, like, feathers on it. She's sleeping beauty. I understand that. It's almost as bad as those stupid boots they have Emma wear that have the giant heel on them. Compared to the dress, the boots look re- look reasonable. <coughs> True. Um... Okay, in the cricket game, at the very beginning of the episode, there's, like, fighting going on between Snow and Charming's army and Regina's army, and she's kind of, like, sitting off to the side on a horse, and she's wearing, I would not quite call it armor, because she's not, like, actually like fighting. chainmail. But she's wearing chainmail that I think makes her look like a dragon. Like, yeah. it has, like, dragon yeah. scales on it, and it's so cool. And she has this little, like headpiece thing that she wears in her hair too that like is made of mail it's really cool it almost makes it look like someone who's going to lead the troops in the battle despite the fact that that is absolutely not what she's going to do well especially because she could she obviously she doesn't have to use a sword but she could do a lot of fucking damage on the battlefield by like pushing people away and throwing fireballs all of the damage yeah she doesn't actually need an army she's got all of the area of effect spells she is the wizard that you want (laughs) like rumpel stopped an ogre's war yeah by himself he did. Um. Okay, my last one is in the Queen of Hearts when uh, Hook is uh, in the tower where Regina has Bell imprisoned. Oh, um, and yeah, Regina yeah. right before he's about to murder her. Right before he's about to murder her, Regina comes and stops him, and she's wearing this blue dress. Mm, mm-hmm. It's made of velvet. Mm-hmm. It has a very high waist with this like jeweled belt. And it is very, very tight. <laughs> like, you can see, like, her hips. Like, it's, it's, and I just, in general, love velvet clothing. And I always think it, it, it screams like royalty to me, too. So, very fitting outfit. I remember talking to you about it and saying, I like the high waist because it makes her legs look longer. And you said, I did not look down at her waist. <laughs> did, oh, she no. actually, it's, she does not have cleavage. It's just very tight. It's not the cleavage I was looking at. <laughs> uh-huh. Um... Yeah, no, you're right. You said she had long legs, and I was like, legs? <laughs> what are legs? <laughs> what are legs? Um, the, so I don't know where this goes, so I'm kind of putting it here, but 
there was a piece of cinematography that mm. I want to talk about from what is it? The name of the brother. In the name of in the brother. name of the brother. When it's all black and white, oh, uh-huh. and Rumple pops up, I think that is just fascinating how it looks because it's the first like dab of color in that world, and like the big gold, like everything just really pops with Rumple in that uh-huh. episode, and it's like it's not a costume, but it's like the choice to have him be the only thing in color was unbelievable. Like, it's one of my favorite visual tricks they do. In I think season. that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I actually want them to go back there more just so I can see more of the visual tricks. Mm-hmm. But. All right. So now we have a category that's called top five lines. And I have a lot more than five. <laughs> I stopped after 11 because I knew it was going to be ridiculous. So I feel like we're going to have an overlap, so it'll be fine. I also sorted mine by character. Okay. I didn't really sort mine at all. Okay. Why don't you go and I'll cross off ones that we... Um, okay. I think I have 13. Oh, okay, good. Uh, my first one is Snow's delivery of We Were Cursed when Charming is upset about her sleeping with Dr. Will. I have that one as well. It's so funny. We often talk about her excellent delivery of lines. I just think she's just so... It, she basically does a, like, talk to the hand. She's like, We Were Cursed. I don't know. It doesn't, so it didn't come up to me as talk to the hand, but it more or less came off as the, like... Um, I can't believe you're bringing that up. You knew we were cursed. Like, it's that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Why are, you bringing, why are you bringing up old shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one is a conversation between Charming and Rumpelstiltskin in Storybrooke when uh, they're trying to find something. I can't remember what they're looking for, actually. Bell? Maybe? Yeah, they're looking for Belle because she's missing. Um... And they're trying to ask people for help. And Charming comes out of a shop. And he says, did you remember turning a butcher into a pig? And then Rumpel's like, no. And then then Charming's like, okay, well, let's continue. We can see who else you terrorize there. I love the way Rumpel's like, no, I don't remember that. He knows he did it. No, that's that's one of my favorite lines of the season. I did not have that, though. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. It stuck with me. Uh, My next one is more serious, also in a conversation that the two of them have. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between literal truth and honesty of the heart. Nothing taught me that more than this curse. It feels like a a lesson that Rumpel will be learning for a very long time. Uh, And not just Rumpel, many other characters in the show. Emma, too, actually. I think almost all of the characters. We reference that a lot, about the difference between literal truth and truth of the heart. Um, Yeah, no, I think that was a great line for this season. Yeah, I really like that one. And my next one is another quip from Rumple that I'm sure you have on your list as well. In the episode when, uh, I think it's the doctor? Mm -hmm. Um, When Daniel rips off Whale's arm (laughs) and then he brings it in a cooler slung (laughs) over his shoulder to Rumple's shop. And uh, Rumple before, like, when, when he opens the cooler, says, when they say I charge an arm and a leg. <laughs> the best part about that is the look on Whale's face. He's like, really? Are you fucking with me right now? I'm, you, I'm bringing my, deca- like, severed limb to you, and you're over here making arm and leg puns? And Rumple just has a smirk on his face, like, yep, yes, I am. Yeah. I absolutely, that was my number one uh, with Rumple pun. It was just, I don't know what you call it, but it was amazing. The next one, also more serious, 
Um, it, this is said a couple times. It's kind of like Cora's mantra. Love is weakness. Mm. Uh, she says it to Rumple. Actually, the first time someone says it is the king. Or, yeah, the king in the past flashback of the Miller's daughter. Um, the father of the person that Cora okay. is marrying. Henry's, fa- Henry Henry's father. father. Um, <laughs> he tells her that love is weakness. And that's why she decides to rip out her own heart and not... Mm-hmm not go with Rumple, but she also says it to Regina um, and Regina says it to her over her deathbed when she, or when she thinks she's dead. Mm-hmm. She says, I love his weakness and you are my weakness because I love you. Do you have all the quips they have about Henry senior on there? <laughs> no, I do not have um, the, the dimly lit. That, what was so funny <laughs> is that both Rumple makes fun of him. The dad makes fun of him. I think Cora even makes, like everyone seems to be on the know that he's a dumbass. He's an idiot. Just like my, my dimly lit, uh, you know, prince or, I mean, it's just, it's hilarious how little there was. This man was weak from day one. He was. Uh, another funny quip when Emma and Snow come back. And Regina, Henry tells them that Regina is the person that, like, made it so that they could come mm-hmm. back through the well. And Emma thanks her and then says, your mom, she's a piece of work, you know? Don't I know. <laughs> it just, it, it, I, it's both funny and felt like a moment where Emma was like, oh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I maybe understand you a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that was a great line. Also, just kind of the way that, like, uh, Regina responds is like, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> we argued about this line quite a bit when we talked about it. Um, but when Snow is struggling with the fact that she uh, used Regina to kill her own mother, and Rumple is standing watch over her, and she says, um, sorry, my notes are, how do you live with yourself knowing all the bad things you've done? And he says, you tell yourself you did the right thing and you say it often enough, you might start to believe it's true. And I feel like it's such a, it's, we don't often get an insight like that into Rumpel's character. Like we do about his, um, his relationship with his son and like how he feels about the regret of his son. But that's more than that. Um, Oh, I think that is that. I think that is that too. But he, I think he means more than that. Uh, and I, I, I also, I thought, you thought that Snow was just throwing shade at him. I know Snow is throwing shade. I think that she's genuinely asking because she does not know how she's going to live with herself. Oh, In fact, she, she so doesn't know that soon after she goes to Regina to try to die. I, and what I was really saying is I think both are true. She is looking for advice from the only person she knows is a terrible human being. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, she could talk to Regina, but I, I, I think she knew what the consequences of talking to Regina were, as you said. Um, another fun Regina quip. If I were you, I'd try the fish special. It's right up your alley. Blackened soul. <laughs> she says that to Snow. That Regina-Snow interaction was amazing, and we never really get more of it. No. Like, that should have been five, six episodes of Regina uh-huh. just taunting Snow. Yes. Constantly. It was she fun. She was so excited when she saw the, the dark. Yeah. Oh, the smile on her face when she just knew that, like, I got you. Um, I also have when Hook says, I wonder if this constant pursuit of revenge is why we have no one to care for us. 
And in the end, he chooses not to continue to pursue his revenge. So that one was interesting to me because his line applies to Regina, but I don't know that I agree it applies to Hook. He has no one. But that isn't because of his pursuit of revenge. It absolutely is because of his pursuit of revenge. He has done nothing except try to find a way to kill Rumpelstiltskin. He hasn't tried to build a life. He doesn't have any friends. He lives on a pirate ship with people who follow his orders. But he's not. he doesn't like, he doesn't care for any of them. And that's how he was before he, like that's not a change from his personality before Mila. That's exactly who he was before then. Literally. I mean, you just described Captain Hook No, that's true. We don't know how... I mean, we'll learn a little bit more about Hook's backstory in the next season. We don't know how long he was pirating before he met Mila. Um, But we see the kind of man he is at that point. Well, and he could have... Like, yes, he didn't have friends in his crew, but he did find Mila in a very, like, shitty way. Mm -hmm. But, like, he, he found someone and, like, loved her. Yeah. And then after she died, instead of trying to find that again or making more friends or whatever, yeah. he just does nothing except try to kill Rumpelstiltskin for 200 years. So it's interesting to me in that, so this is the difference that I guess is that he makes a point later where he talks about, and I even made a note in that episode, where he says, my life's purpose is complete. I am sated. I have nothing else to live for. You can't offer me anything. Mm. The fact that it, that was his entire life's purpose was like a... Similar to what you're saying, but you didn't do anything else. I also think the problem with that, though, is that, like, he didn't actually have a life's purpose prior to that. So, like, he didn't sacrifice anything because he had nothing. He was already just a pirate with no friends, Mm -hmm. with no one to care for. So, like, Mila was like a a flickering light in a sea of darkness. Mm -hmm. But I think that's just who Hook was. Whereas, like, compare that to Regina. Regina did have happiness. She had, she was a good person that we saw in the past. She had a true love. And then after that, that's when she turned mm-hmm. in and kind of ruined everything. And has multiple chances to, like, fix it. And, and Wells will learn, like, she even passed up another opportunity. But it's like she just was so broken. That's all she could focus mm-hmm. on. I think the other thing, I mean, he, he was saying this to Regina. But, but he's projecting. But it's worth, um, I mean, no, he says us. Yeah, Like, he means, he means both of them. But also, Rumpel lets go of his vendetta against Hook at the end of the season. Um I don't know why you always think there's a vendetta both ways. If he wanted to kill Hook, Hook would be dead. I understand that, but he literally says, like, I'm going to not kill you because you're going to help us save my grandson. No, what he says is, All right, have you given up your... Mm. Okay, then you can live. It was very clearly like, if you're still trying to kill me, I will just end you. He just wanted the hand. <laughs> well, he was just tormenting him. But, like, you know, like, even in The Crocodile... Rumpel could have chased after them after Mila left, and he didn't care. He wanted to go find his son. Like, it mm-hmm. just, but like as you said, Rumpel's obsession was getting back Bellfire. Hook's obsession was killing the crocodile. Right. And that's the problem is that like it was something fascinating to me that that's all he cared about. Like he wanted mm-hmm. to do literally nothing else. The last one I have is from Regina. Tell him in the end it wasn't too late for me to do the right thing. Everyone looks at me as the evil queen, including my son. Let me die as Regina. Just like it's her, she she chose the right thing. She did the right thing because it was her fault that this was happening. It was a solid line that I think was out of place. Really? I, yeah. In in the sense of, I think that line of like, if she delivers a similar line where she wakes Henry up from the poison and says that like I'll never see him again, like she accepts that she doesn't, and then like tell him that I gave up everything to make sure he lived. That would have been much more powerful than like 
this stupid diamond trigger that was built up out of nowhere. <laughs> like, you just... Well, it, yeah, the diamond trigger is dumb, but she was she was willing to die. I know, everybody. but that's it's like, right, when you build up stakes, you, if you yeah. shoot them out of nowhere, they don't have the same impact. Whereas it's like, true. It was a bigger deal if she had given up her curse. Um, we didn't have as many crossovers as I thought, which is shocking to me. Um, okay. I mean... I originally had a list of about 30 lines. Oh, I had to pare mine down. Apparently too. this season has really good lines. It did have one, one-liners, yes. Cora <laughs> uh, had two really good lines that I love. Uh, similar to what you said, power is freedom. I love when she said that to Regina. Yeah. Because... She I, definitely believes that. Well, so not only does she believe it, it is true. Like, truth be told, she became free from being just a miller's daughter and poor when she gained power. Rumpel went from being a coward to, mm-hmm. you know, being free. The line that she hits Hook with, though, it's one of my favorite lines. Your pretty face buys you a lot. <laughs> that is both true in this show and with all the people who defend all of his bullshit actions. Like, oh, but he's hot, so I don't care that he's a bully and a murderer <laughs> and a monster and a cheater. And, you know, like, the whole fact that, like, he's okay facilitating someone abandoning their kid when he was abandoned. Like, yeah, no, it's fine, but he's hot, so, you know, he, he's pretty. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great line. Uh, Charming has two lines that I really like. Don't push it. I won't. <laughs> that one's so good. Immediately it's, it's pushes so, it. so uh, encapsul- encapsulates his relationship with Snow. It's also every husband knows exactly what that is like. If you've ever been in a discussion with your wife where you try to get her not to do something, but she wants to do it anyway. So she's like, sure, bed. And then immediately ignores what you said. And you're like, God damn it. Um, Charming has a like ongoing thread of one punches when he has an issue. So like, well, you slept with my wife. Crack. Hook, you knocked me out. Crack. Here's an interesting point. There's one more person he's really pissed off at this season who he does not punch in the face, and it's Rumple. And it's fascinating to me how <laughs> Charming the Avenger is willing to go at Hook and willing to go at Whale, but he dares not lay hands on Rumple, even though he is pissed off as all hell at him. Yeah, he would not punch Rumple in the face. I also think that shows that like he blamed Whale for them sleeping together, and he blamed Hook for knocking him out, which is fair. I think even though he was mad at Rumple, he knew that Rumple wasn't the reason Snow did what she did. It was really Snow's fault, and that's why he didn't hit him. Mm. Like, I think he actually knew that Snow White was, but he just couldn't admit it, so he had to like project his anger on someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just really funny when he, and then the, I think he even hits Hook with the later line, like, I'll go with him, and if he does anything we don't like, I'll shoot him in the yeah. face. You're like, damn. Yep. And he was not joking. <laughs> he definitely wasn't. Um, Regina has three lines that, shockingly, you didn't bring up, but I thought they were fascinating. The first one is like, it's such a good line about her mother and her when she's... It's the one with the hearts, I think, when they talk to three, when they go into the room. Oh, where Whale and Jefferson and, Jefferson and, and Regina go in the room. And the heart, she the talks hearts. about how she had caused so much pain that she literally just lost track. Uh-huh. But she couldn't... And it's like, she was talking about her mother, and then later in Storybrooke, she does the same thing. She's like, I don't know, I caused so much pain, it was hard to keep track. And you're just like, damn. I love that scene so much, because Regina sounds really resigned, like, this is who my mother is. Yes. Dr. Whale is just like... <gasps> Hearts, this is exactly what I need. And Jefferson is like, Creeps the out. fuck? He's like moving away and like pulling, and he's because and they're beating, and he's like, this is fucking insane. <laughs> and Whale is just like, ooh. <laughs> it's very good acting without saying a thing. Like just their yep. body language and their facial expressions mm-hmm. really good. Um, there's a point where she's talking, I can't remember who she's talking to, but she's like, oh yeah, it's Emma, Henry, and the two idiots. I just love how dismissive she is of Snow and Charming. She just, she like, she doesn't hate them, but she kind of just like, is just like, ugh, you disgust me. Um, really just love how she like, she names Emma. She doesn't hate Emma. She doesn't hate Henry. She loves it. <laughs> and the two idiots. Just great. The two idiots are Charming and Snow. Charming and Snow, 100%. Yeah. And this is not the only time that she referred to them in yeah. a similar dismissive way. 
Um, she hits Charming with a line where she's like, yeah, I'm not going to take parenting advice from someone who put their daughter in a box and sent her again. <laughs> Yep, that's a really good one. It's fantastic because it's like, because of your curse, and also, but not wrong. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I think you know who my two favorite lines come from. The arm joke was one of my ones. The, just, uh-huh. the armor leg was fantastic. Um, in the hospital, where they ask Rumple to fix it, and he's like, I'm so glad I just don't give a damn. <laughs> and I'm out of here. Like, he's just like, this is not my problem. Y'all deal with this. And just leaves. He just doesn't care. And they're like, well, he saw you do magic. He's like, not my problem. If he becomes a threat, I'll deal with it. But there's nothing more that really encapsulates who Rumple is is when he shows up at the loft. Any harm comes to Belle. I will kill all of you. And he stares Henry down. And I'm he pretty sure. It. And he means it. He Though, means it. what I, I find fascinating is that he did mean it until he found out Henry was his grandson. Yeah. And at that point, he no longer had an interest in killing. Even though he had that disturbing dream, mm-hmm. he was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't kill my son's son, even if it means it will be my undoing. So, like, that was fascinating. He was from, like, I don't really give a damn about you all. Like, oh, I guess we're thin. Also, there's another line with Regina where he talks about, oh, I guess you didn't get the birth announcement. <laughs> yeah. Um... You didn't pick one that I was sure you're going to, so now I have to bring it yeah, up. Yeah. Um, in the episode where Henry's trying to blow up magic, and then like Regina follows him to the well with the dynamite, and uh, Emma and Neil and Snow and Charming show up. I don't know if Snow's there. I don't. Any there's Emma and Neil are definitely there, yeah. and then maybe just Charming. Charming's there. Um, and. <laughs> uh, she like tries to do something. And Emma says, like, well, oh. if you want to do that, you're going to have to go through us. And Regina goes, okay. okay. And she, like, has the fireball. And you're just like, yeah, the three of you are not equipped to win this fight. No, I forgot about that line. That's a great line. It's also the smile on her face. She's like, that's a bonus. Like, <laughs> She's like, okay. Sweet. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you insist. It's like when the, the six of them surround Charming in the... I want to say it's the one where his mother dies, the poison arrows, and he's just like, eh, and he takes them all out. Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar to that. That's that's what I got for lines. I probably could have done... There oh, were I know. There of, were so many good so lines. So many good lines. Um, okay, most ridiculous moment. I have three plus one honorable mention. I got five, so how do you want to do this? Why don't you go first? Okay, number five. Cold opening the season with a random person who ends up being very important in Neil. And then just letting that shit go for like... That's a good... 12 episodes. <laughs> no. Bad play here. Bad play. Uh, my honorable mention is August telling Neil the world is full of temptations and that he's really bad at saying no. And then Neil gives him $20,000. How much that money you think made it to uh, Emma? Zero. There, was, <laughs> there were only keys in that envelope. <laughs> oh, boy. What's your next one? In the crocodile, the dark one gets his rightful revenge and then has Hook dead to rights. But instead of just making sure he has the thing he wants, he just cuts off its hand and dips. Check for the bean. Or get the bean first, like take it out of his hand and then do whatever you want to Hook. It's amazing to me. I mean, I guess because it would just be less interesting, but how frequently magic users don't just be like, I will have that. Like, or they do the it poofing. sometimes. Yeah. Like Cora does it in that one fight where she just poofs it. But then she doesn't poof them away. <laughs> but we know that's a thing because she we, does it. She does it later. She's like, get out of here. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It, it. I guess it's just like plot armor. Yeah. So you can't do it all the time. Um, 
My next one is Emma wanting to live with her parents, her son, and a dog in a loft. You've got to let no this door thing go. I just can't. I could not imagine. It's bad enough that Emma and and uh, Snow were living in that apartment together with no doors, but adding a son, a husband, and a dog is crazy. I, I feel like this says a lot more about you than it does the characters. <laughs> like, it's not that unreasonable to me. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I don't love it. What's yours? Next I have one. to read this because it's so absurd that I feel like I can't summarize it. Belle, standing far too close to the town line, gets shot by Hook. Falls over the town line to erase her memories. Rumple is now about to unleash a fireball to murder Hook when he sees a car and dies out of the way with Belle, while Hook is unable to move out of the way and ends up getting hit. That literally happens in like a forty-five second span at the end of an episode. That whole ending to that episode was fucking ridiculous, and I loved it, but it was insane. I loved it so much, too, but you're right. I think I can't believe I didn't add, why do people stand so fucking close <laughs> to the town line? Why would you stand that close? Also, just a, another ridiculous honorable mention, in that episode, I do love that you managed to blame almost everything in that episode who wasn't Hook. Like, well, Rumble didn't need to have a gun. And you know, Belle... Why are you standing so close to the town line? And, like, why is that guy speeding? And I'm like, okay, all reasonable things. Also, all of this is because Hook shot her. <laughs> like, we could have just avoided this by Hook not shooting her. Yeah, that's almost as bad as when they're in New York and they leave Hook locked up. And then <laughs> and then Emma's like, well, what, what, more could, what more harm could he do? It's like, a lot. A lot of harm. And, and he sent Tamara to the storage locker with the pirate that you knew was locked up. The murderous pirate. Yeah, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's almost unfair to put this here, but because this is going to happen again, and I just can't with that, Henry trying to blow up magic. <laughs> with dynamite. With dynamite. Like, literally, he was like, ugh, I hate magic, it ruins everything, I'm going to blow it up. I guess if his logic was the well is the source of magic, he could blow it up It might have well. worked, but like, it, it just is silly. Right. I mean, it's 10-year-old logic. It's so silly. But it's not Henry logic, to be quite honest. Um... My number two, and this is one of the things that pissed me off the most about this season, the entire murder plot that none of the characters remembered, that murder was literally <laughs> framed. Yeah. Like, three, like Regina even said, like, all of the things don't add up, and all of them go, nope, has to be the first suspect. Even, even Snow, who was on the other side of the table with evidence against her, David, had a phone call. Like, all of these things we know it was faked, and they're just like, nope, evidence has to be real. <laughs> It's just the way it is. Even Emma calls out and is it's like... It's magic dog memories. From gold. Must be real. From gold. <laughs> uh, my number one... I thought really hard about what my number mm. one most ridiculous moment was, but Mr. French's plan to deal with Belle being in love with Rumple. Like, I'm going to send her over the town line and she won't remember loving Rumpelstiltskin. I actually think that's pretty in character for him. I didn't say it was out of character. Oh, I see. It's just bad. Oh, yeah. It's a bad, it's a terrible, terrible idea. I love my daughter so much that it's fine if she doesn't remember me. Ironically, she ends up falling over the town line anyway. Yeah, because she was standing too fucking close. No, because she got shot well, by yes. a murderous pirate. Yes, but don't don't stand so close. Don't be holding hands over the town line. Uh, what's your feels last like one? victim blaming. I'm gonna be honest here. <laughs> no, it's definitely Hook's fault. Yeah, like 100 percent of this is that. Hook's fault. But like, just don't stand so. Yeah, close Yeah, like to take it. like six steps back. I agree. With you. <laughs> but don't shoot people. And yeah, be good. Uh, number one, most ridiculous moment, most pissed off moment, Regina. 
Whiplash. Like I said it 18 times, I'm pretty sure, this season. Evil Queen, weak character, mommy sidekick to mommy dearest, back to Evil Queen, town savior. That yeah, all happened in 20 episodes. That's a lot. That's too much. Like, I, I appreciate character growth and people learning and changing. She had five different characters, and it was just like, why? Why? What? Too much. Way too much. Should have been a gradual, slow build and not this ding, 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 ding. I mean, it was just nonsense. Well, and it's, it's reasonable that she would struggle. Absolutely. But, the struggle would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right. the chorus stuff. She saw that coming. She even, like, questioned it several times. And But they never play off yeah. it. Like, she was like, oh, you set me up even back in the, the horse. Like, she has the flashback. and like, you did this. Nothing comes of it. Nothing. Terrible. Just terrible. Who's your loser of the season? <sighs> that? I had a hard time with winners. I actually had season. a hard time with losers. I did, too. But I gotta go with Regina. Oh. Easily Regina, actually, mm. after I thought about it. I, I think that I agree she loses many times in this season, yeah. but I, I, what she does at the end is, it's, it, there's no way that that, well, she's not Well, I think what she does at the end is great. I think, this is more of a loss, like, stepping back in the way that they developed her character. Yeah, I think that's terrible. Fair. Like, if that's where you wanted to get to, that ending was fine, but you built it up in a horrible way, like, whether it's introducing the diamond trigger, or, like, honestly, the reason I didn't like the Greg and Tamara storyline is that if you were in the process of making Regina, like, the savior, you also reminded us that she murdered someone's father. Yeah. Like, Owen isn't the villain in this scenario, even though he's also a monster, because she killed his dad for no reason. Like, it just, it was not well done, and then, so she's, like, playing... Henry loving mother while also like you know creepily touching uh, Owen in that episode and you're like what are you doing like yeah this was not good development for Gina I don't think this yeah she makes a great choice at the end but like her character as a season was just bad and it's okay to lose but the way that she lost multiple times like never got closure with her mother like, it was just like there was too many bad things she doesn't even really like her and Henry don't even get, like, a fun team-up. Like, we could have had her in yeah. the universe of, hey, I'm being framed for murder. Let's do a Regina Henry, like, two-episode thing where they try to prove it. Even Emma could discover and be like, I don't believe that this is all correct, but I can't help you, but I'm not going to stop you and the kid. Like, that way there's, like, a little bit of understanding. Like, I think this is fishy, but I'm a town sheriff. I have a job to do, so, like, you got to do it behind my back. Just like Emma did with Henry in season one. But we didn't get any of that. We mm -hmm. just got... Everything happens to Regina. She wasn't, like, driving plot anymore. And I don't yeah, think that's that was true. a good use. That's true. Yeah. Uh, my loser was Cora. That was my runner-up, yeah. yeah. Despite being incredibly powerful, like, so powerful that... I wouldn't say that Rumpel's, like, afraid of her, but he considers her to be a threat. He's concerned. Yeah. Um, she gets bested in the Enchanted Forest by one of the two idiots, plus Emma. <laughs> Snow. I've just... Making a joke. No, no, I'm trying to think when you said she got bested. They they took, they got the dust yeah. from her and the compass. Oh, yeah. And, like, it wasn't just that they stole the compass from her. Yeah. Like, she, she had, like, she knew where that was. And yeah. they figured out how to get up there and get it. And then they got it back from her after she took it from them. I guess, maybe I thought that she intentionally gave it to them. No. Oh. She she was planning to use those things because she thought that they like were gonna have to find a new way and luckily Hook had the beam. Hook had the backup plan. Um, That's right. And then she really wanted to become the Dark One and didn't get didn't get that. Uh, yeah. She good. gave up love for power, which we, in the flashback we see um, she loved Rumple and she oh, gave that up. Okay. okay. Um, she completely alienated her daughter and made her re redemption more difficult. Oh, and she died. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm actually shocked you picked her because, A, she got her heart back. And that's a sappy moment that I thought you would have loved. And mm-hmm. she even admits it would have been enough. Mm-mm. I uh, mean, that was that was something, but yeah. no, not enough. Yeah, no, I mean, she... I would say she's my most disappointing character. Um, I mm. wish I could have picked her as a loser. But she just wasn't in enough episodes. Like, in, <laughs> like it feels like she should have lost more, but she was just kind of like... And like, like I said earlier, she, she just died. Like, she didn't... She never did anything menacing, other than killing um, Johanna. Yeah. She just kind of was always like, there was something looming, but we never really got it. So, okay. That's reasonable. I got three winners, third, second, and Uh, That's not the next category, though. Oh, it's not the next category. Top ten moments. Oh. Um, I narrowed it down to two, actually. Oh, okay. I have uh, one, two, (laughs) I have six plus one favorite moment. Go. Great. Um... I just, the tacos is so funny. <laughs> I just love the tacos. It's it's hilarious. Like, Emma's expression, Henry's complete obliviousness. Charming and Snow just thinking it's so funny. They're like, I'm, gl- I'm so glad we can, we can still emotionally scar our daughter. Love it. Um, David giving Mr. Gold dating advice. I knew that was one of your... That's, it's just like a favorite trope, I guess. Um, it's really good, too, to be fair. Cora describing her bloodlust to to be able to do magic. That is just like li- the the delivery of the lines. They're so dark, and it's just she she like wants to bring them to their knees. It's no, I, I know that this isn't the story, but it would have been fascinating if Rose McGowan was in Storybrooke as like a sister to Regina and oh. Cora's mom. Like so, like the daughter I wanted and the daughter like. Mm. Like, that would have been real. Because Rose McGowan is terrifying. Like, she does an excellent job yeah, of portraying really that bloodlust. Like, so that would have been fun to see those two, like, face off. Yeah. Um, Emma using magic for the first time. I know you hated that, but I I loved it. Uh, it was, it was like, shocking to her. It was very shocking to Cora. Are you talking about the trying to rip the heart out and yeah. it just, like, doesn't work? Yeah. Um... Neil being Balefire was a huge shock to me the first time I watched it. I still love learn like that's one of the reasons why Manhattan is my favorite episode of the season. It's just like, oh shit! No, that was <laughs> that, that. Actually, I added that as my third moment. I was like, oh yeah, Neil being revealed was. It took too long to get there, but it was awesome when it happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I almost didn't add this one because I, I feel like it happened. It, it happens early in the season, so I kind of forgot about it. But Rumple cutting off Hook's hand. Um. Oh, I I liked it for so many reasons. I really liked that they made Rumpelstiltskin the crocodile. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It, it was a way more interesting way to like flesh out Hook's story. Um, and it's just like the music is great, the scene is great. It's stupid that he doesn't check for the bean, but still, um, and that he didn't cut off his right hand, which would have been much more punishing. Or both hands. Or both hands. Um, but my favorite moment of the season is Regina choosing to sacrifice herself, um, which should surprise no one. Literally surprises no one. Uh, okay. I mean, you have some sappy moments in there, but I figured the Emma one, obviously, that's like a bottom five moment to me. But bottom five moment. I just, yeah, I mean, again, the way it happened was so like, you know, I hate that stupid trope of like, I'm going to shove you out of the way and stand here. Like, or we could just tackle. Mm-hmm. Like, we can just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Neil's revealed certainly one of mine. Uh, actually, I just added one, but it was one of my favorite moments. I got unbelievably hyped when Peter Pan was 
revealed as the, like the next villain. Like mm. that was just fun to be like, oh, okay, we should get a real villain this time. You liked that so much that you chose him He's as the, the winner. winner of the last episode, even though we have never seen him before. It's also partially because like everybody else was kind of losing in that episode. Yeah. Um, there, I think it's the opening or second episode, but when Regina and Rumpel, Regina's in jail and Rumpel shows up and they have, right before he basically um, marks her for death, uh-huh. I love that like inversion to skin deep mm-hmm. of like, okay, you screwed me over. Last time I, we were in this position, you were kind of mocking me with the whole teacup, but you had Belle and didn't tell me. Now it's my turn to get you. That was really fun. You were not going to like this moment, but it's by far, it, this is actually like maybe my second favorite moment of the season. When he finds Mila and he crushes her fucking heart. I don't not like that. I just... You don't like it as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. I cheered. I think I did cheer when we watched it. I was like, thank <laughs> God. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I. it was funny. In season one, I had so many moments and I had to just pare them all mm-hmm. down. And this one was like, there were some really good moments. Like, there were some really, like, the lines. I could have picked, like, ten lines. Oh, yeah. My favorite top ten lines. But as far as, like, story moments, none of the stories got enough time to really, like, build up to be epic. Like, it was like, seven episodes, we're done. Seven episodes, we're done. I'm like, that was the conclusion? Like, the whole core coming to Storybook conclusion was not, not for me. Yeah, I didn't have as many moments here either. All right. Now we're to winner. I have two. Uh, my third place is Hook. My goodness. <laughs> Color me surprised. I had not... So as much as I dislike this season, I actually think Hook is actually pretty good in this season because he's still a villain. Mm. Like, he's actually... The only part of Hook I really don't like are the last two episodes where it's like, well, this no longer makes sense for who your character has shown me to be. Um, I think it makes so much sense. You literally agreed last time it didn't make sense that he would facilitate that. Oh, that! The facilitating the yeah. sun thing. No, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. But, like, him and the Bayfire interactions are actually really good. It's mm-hmm. just that whole piece was like, you should not have told me that backstory. That was stupid. Um, but he's, like, him being a villain was good. I would actually like him to have been a little bit more villainous. Like, in his kind of matchups with Rumple, it's usually him just getting his ass whooped. Whereas, like, I like to have seen him be more dastardly. Like, okay... You either can save me and let Belle die, or you can save Belle and you gotta let me get away. As opposed to, like, he just has to, like, hope every time that Rumpel doesn't finish the job. He never does anything to stop Rumpel from finishing. Or, like, he gets lucky the car shows up. Like, he's just usually about to die, and he's like, well, screw it. Oh, here's a speeding stranger from out of nowhere. Um, he does have a couple really good wins in this in He this does, season. especially against Regina. Like, that yeah. one was fantastic when he manipulates her. And, and I actually think he does have good character growth as well. Mm-hmm. He decides that. The, the conversation he has with Regina, I think, was um, telling. About, yeah. like, this, there's no real gain in this. And when he calls vengeance an end, not a beginning, I think that's a very important mm-hmm. piece. Um, and then, yeah, he, he let his vengeance go, which, like, wasn't gaining him anything. So I, I think that's a real win for him. Yeah. So that's my third. Okay, my second is your one, your loser, Regina. I knew you were going to have Regina on the um, other side. She's, at the beginning of the season, she told Henry she wanted to redeem herself. And then she actually does it in the last episode, and she takes responsibility for her actions. Oh, interesting. What? You think she redeemed herself, huh? Yeah. Huh. She was willing to die for everyone. Hmm. Um, and bonus points because she lost so many episodes. <laughs> That's fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, I just... I, I would have loved to see more of a redemption arc, but I think choosing to die for everyone is a pretty... Pretty big choice. I think I would agree with you if we didn't get the whole middle of her reverting right back to who she was. I don't... She didn't revert right back to who she was. Like, we do... I really like that episode in the cricket game before Mm -hmm. 
um, before she talks to her mother, Mm -hmm. she, like, talks about how, like, (laughs) she's having that argument with Archie on the pier and Ruby shows up. Yeah. um, And she... uh, Oh, yeah, you're lucky I've changed. Yeah, you're lucky I've changed, which is kind of a stupid thing to say, but (laughs) also, like, she definitely would have just, like, roasted him previously. But then that's who she becomes in a few episodes later. She just, like, stands by and lets Johanna die. That is yeah. Regina. Like, she reverts exactly back to who she was. Yeah, fair. Um, and then, like, even, like, the things of, like, the, the like the lying again in the back. Or, like, like actually, I forgot this moment, but it's hilarious when she walks up to Henry towards the end. And he's like, well, what's your plan? Will they die? <laughs> I forgot about that. That was one of the funniest lines of the season. And no, it's just it was. like It was. Why would you think he would be okay with it? But that that's the Regina that we still know. Like, she's just like, I don't care about them. I care about you. I mean, I think a big piece of that for her was when Snow and Charming come to save her from Greg. She did not expect them to do that. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think there were some... But it was too much. It was again. It was too... Yeah. There, it happened, like, at the end instead of it being, like, over the course of a season. Yeah. 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 I, I agree, I I agree with that. that uh, my second place is Henry. Oh, interesting. Um, a, got a dad. He didn't win any episodes this season for he either did, of us. That's the funny thing. He did not win any episodes, but A, sometimes it's just he didn't lose really many episodes. Yeah, that's true. Um, he had a big, you know, I think one thing that was important for his relationship with Regina is that he no longer saw uh, Emma as perfect. Uh-huh. So, like, before it was, like, evil queen, savior. Well, you also lied to me, so, like, okay, I can acknowledge that you're still a good person, and you made some mistakes, which means, like, maybe my mom isn't that bad. Uh-huh. He does convince That's a really good point. some people to, like, actually, like, save his mom. Like, please yeah. don't let her die. That's an important More piece. than one time. He also convinces his mom to let him go. Uh-huh. Like, at first, when she comes and kidnaps him, and he's like, am I just here as a prisoner? And then she finally's like, no, I want you to be with me. That and was another right thing. That, we're that was about. a very... That yeah. was that was the growth I thought we were going to yeah. see, and then it obviously fell off a cliff. Um, and then I also think that, like, while he does get kidnapped at the end... I think they, like, finally kind of figured out where he fits in in the story because he struggled with that in the first half of the season. Like, they were having to do, like, the screaming in the red room, mm-hmm. which I didn't hate that as much as you did. I hated that so um, much. Least but, favorite moment. Yeah, you <laughs> hated the red room. But I think, like, towards, like, the back half, they started to figure out, like, hey, Henry's actually an important piece of this other than the dumbass dynamite. Like, that was his only real big mistake. Yeah, it just became like he he actually was like a core piece. I think him and uh, Rumpel's conversation in Manhattan was fantastic. When uh, Rumpel was talking to him about like, oh, you're a special boy and all the things that you did. And then, of course, then Rumpel's like, oh, crap, you're the boy who's going to be mine. Like, it's just he did have more central role to the story than I originally thought. But, yeah, I I, I think he's my solid second place uh, winner for this season. Okay. Um, I don't know that I have like first and second for mine, but the second one that I wrote down is Rumpelstiltskin. Um... I, I had a I had a bit of a hard time because everybody in this like everybody has like some serious losses at some point, so it's really hard to choose someone. Um, so I kind of focused on like where they ended. Um, but Rumple does find his son, even though he then basically ignores him for like twelve episodes. But fine. <laughs> um, and then his son dies, which really sucks. But he deals with it in a way that I like wasn't expecting him to. Uh, I thought he was going to go, you know, uh, bashing shit with his cane like he usually does. And that's not what he does. He, like, accepts it and wants to be a, the better person that his son wanted him to be. Um, he finally reunites with Belle. And and he chooses to, to like, be with the person that he loves. Because he has Lacey. He's, like, with her. But she's not the person he actually wants. And he, he his, Leroy's words really stick with him. The, like, don't, don't let her die as Lacey. Um, he also takes responsibility for 
his actions. Uh, and now he's going on a heroic quest, even though the person that they're trying to save is the boy that will be his undoing. Um, and also, like, he doesn't know this, but we do. Neil is not dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, I think Rumpel's a winner. Yeah, I mean, Rumpel was my clear winner this season. The things that he has been engineering finally came to fruition. Mm-hmm. So, A, got to reunite with his son. Found out he has a grandson. Important, important things. Like that's kind of cool. Uh, I actually think Lacey was a very important piece of his story. Most of the time, when he had like Cora, Cora chose to leave him. He didn't leave Cora. Uh huh. Whereas he had the girl who now embraced the monster, and he finally made the right choice. Yeah. He actually realized that like that isn't who I should be. Yep. That's an important win for Rumpel because usually he takes like the easy path, which is I could just be with Lacey, be the dark one, God here bullying everyone, having a fine time, but it's like I'm not happy. Like he finally picked the right call. I think that was an important win. I also think that, like, the conversation that he has with Regina, I think it's down in the crypt, is also an important piece. When he, he actually gives her advice, even though he's not particularly friendly with her, he's like, you need to let this go. Like, this doesn't help you. Like, this constant mm-hmm. chase for revenge has never gotten you anything. I think the mistake of not getting more um, Rumple Neil interaction was ridiculous. But also, that scene on his deathbed when he calls Belle, it's just not Belle at that point, she's got her memories gone, gives that very heartfelt speech about what she meant to him, and even that she doesn't remember, which causes Bellfire to essentially not forgive him, but like they have like a come-to-Jesus moment where he understands him, and you know he grabs his hand. Also, doesn't die. Mm-hmm. And he was on the verge of death. He does mm. best Cora in the end. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so just like he said, I, I, I found a way to win. Now, he took an interesting path to get there, but he did it. Uh, this season, to me, it's not his best season, but it's one of his better seasons. Yeah, I think that's true. In fact, I think this Rumpel is probably a lot more enjoyable than some of the Rumpel we're probably going to get in later seasons, where you're like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this Rumpel, in, a, in a, a season where a lot of the characters were dumb, he actually was one of the few who wasn't dumb. Most of his things made sense. It's like one, I would say, didn't make sense. Like, why on earth would you not be spending more time with me? Right. Like, that's insane to me. Like, all the other choices he makes for the most part, you're like, oh, no, this, this makes sense. Like, I get why you did this thing, including choosing to bring back Belle. And he even says, I'm sorry to wake you up just to die. I needed you. Like, yeah. he acknowledges that he I needed, needed you. Yeah. yeah, that was a good line. I almost chose that as a, yeah. as a top line. Great line. Great character growth. Like, okay, he is not just the dark one. He's still the man inside. Um, excellent. Well, our last bit is top five questions. I just realized I was reading my questions and I was like, these look a lot like the questions I had last season. And they just were they the were questions I had last season. So I just uh, wrote some new ones, but I'm uh, I'm ready. Go. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So this is probably one of yours too. Um, we've been introduced to Peter Pan in name only, um, but he's going to be a villain. What's that like? Like, the pirates in the flashback with Bay and Hook, they are so afraid of Peter Pan. Like, well, and the Lost Boys are creepy terrified. as fuck. Oh my god, Felix? Why? Felix! Creepy. Oh, he's so creepy. Like, what is what is this going to be? That's like, that's like top question for me. I literally wrote Peter fucking Pan. <laughs> Love that. He, he, like, Peter Pan is like the ultimate good boy, right? In, like, the Disney classic series. And he's a villain. A villain who terrifies Hook. Like, when Hook and Rumple look at each other and they have that look of, like, trepidation, that tells you everything you know, need to know about Peter Pan. When you got the dark one and a pirate going, oh, shit. 
That's interesting. You should probably watch Peter Pan, Roger. I, I do not Peter think Pan. that Peter Pan is the ultimate good boy. He's not a villain. Like, yeah. people aren't terrified of him. But he's very mischievous. Yeah, he's mischievous. And he, uh... But he's like a forever child, isn't he? Yeah. And he also... Like, the whole point of the story yeah. is, like, nostalgia for, like, being a kid forever and not growing up. But also realizing that, like, perpetual childishness is not helpful. Like... He's he like always just wants to have fun and is like unwilling to like accept emotions, etc. He's a boy who learns to grow up. Well, he doesn't learn that. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Everyone else learns yes. that. Because... Fair enough. Um, I also so like why is Henry important? They have this like drawing of him, and they have kidnapped Henry and Tamara and Greg. Like we're told by the Home Office to to kidnap him. So why? Like what's so important about Henry? I think that's a very interesting question. Because especially because, to our knowledge, no one really knew about Henry in the Chanted Forest. No. Like, other than, like, other than Cora learning about it via... Uh-huh. So, like, the fact that someone already knew about him is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I they're not in the Enchanted Forest, but yes. But, I mean, they're in they're in the other realm. Right? Yeah, they're in a different realm than the Enchanted Neverland Forest. Neverland is a different realm. Different realm entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's an important question. I also, what happens to Neil? Because we find out he's not dead. And yeah, he, that's my next one. Yeah, that's a that's a big question. So, and will he reunite with his family? Because surely that's going to be his like top mission. What? Because as far as he knows, he fell through a portal, and like Emma was still being like tomorrow didn't die. So like, oh yeah, <laughs> he thinks that all these villains are just still out there. Yeah. Well, and also like he doesn't know his son's been kidnapped. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting yeah, one. That was my next one too. Um, this one is more. I feel like this question is kind of silly, but it's like. Will, will the characters move back to the Enchanted Forest? Like, mm. obviously they're on this mission to Neverland. But, like, when they get back, like, are, are they going to settle? Like, how are they going to settle? Where are they going to settle? Is Emma going to actually embrace the family that she has found and, like, open up herself to new possibilities? That's, no. Uh, I think that's a... Really good question because, I, as I said earlier, I thought they did a disservice to Emma in this season. Yeah. So I would like to see more growth from her in season three. I don't, I don't remember enough to know whether we get it here or not. Um, I, I remember liking three a lot, so yeah. I think there are a lot of good things, but I don't remember specifically about her. Um, I don't know if we ever get this question answered, but my next question, honestly, was like, Snow's heart's darkening. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Snow White should never have a dark heart. So if Snow White has a dark heart, is there a consequence for this? Yeah. Can that's other people and that's also a great question. if her heart darkened, can other people's heart darken? Yeah. Like what and like I really would have loved that to be explained more. Like what is the catalyst for this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, my last one is: Will Regina slip back again, or mm. was this? Did I mean? I think it's it's even more than just the like willing to sacrifice herself. It was that she says, "This is my fault." Um, I, I feel like that has set her on a path, but maybe not. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, yeah. Because most of the time, she's always said... Because even earlier in the season, I wasn't the evil queen, you made me this way. Or like She always had someone else to blame. Other than Cora, strangely enough. She blamed yeah. everyone but her mother until her dying wishes. Um, yeah, so kind of about Regina. But my next question is that, like, I said this about season two. Who is replacing Regina as the big bad villain? Is Pan going to be our next big bad villain where he replaces and he runs the whole show? Or are we going to get a core thing that's mm-hmm. only half? It's like, so 
who is going to be that person who sizzles and kind of you know dominates things in the backgrounds and makes it interesting because without that i feel like the show has heroes but doesn't have villains so like give and you need multiple villains where the hell has george been like i, I just i want answers to these questions um yeah i mean I, I need some more and not just like villain like hook was a good villain but then you redeemed her regina was a good villain then you redeemed her i want some irredeemable villains damn it like mm-hmm. even cora got that bullshit like it would have been enough and dead <laughs> yeah can we get some like just actual a, a villain villain yeah a king george who's like i do not give a shit or james or like just some people who were just bad people yeah yeah do you have any more i have one more okay side characters i don't have any more um, are we going to get back to the very interesting side characters? Will we get more stories for Ruby and Archie and Whale? And is Sydney coming back? And I mean, at this point, we've already revealed that Jefferson doesn't come back because the actor got recast. Though that um, could have been recast. I think we saw, did we see Robin Hood this season? Didn't we see the one episode? Yep. Yeah, the actor. At least for, I, yeah. So it's like, I want to see not a ton of new side characters. I want to see some side characters and I want to see them like get more depth. Because... Mm-hmm. After season one, which was really fun with all the side stuff, we didn't really get that a lot in season two, and I think it hurt the season a lot. Yeah. Well, and we talked about in that episode um, where that's about August and Pinocchio, Mm -hmm. um, that it's actually like an episode about Snow White, and they like use the side character to give us information about the side character and like a really interesting backstory, but it furthers a main character's plot, which is great, which I'm not always, I, I always hate when there's like, they use that as a plot device. Like something happens to somebody else to forward a main character's plot, but they also gave him some interesting stuff. So it's, it's, it oh. like, it ties together well. Yeah. Cause they do it in season one with Emma, with Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Like it's very uh-huh. clearly about Emma, yeah. but it's Hansel and Gretel. Actually. I, absolutely. Yeah. And I like that when it's done well, they also do it with Emma and Cinderella too. Yes. Yes, um, they do. Yeah. No, I, I don't mind it when it makes sense. I don't like when they try to force it. Like yeah. sometimes you get these ones, you're like, mm, this doesn't make a whole ton of sense. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, that happens a lot in season six. <laughs> yeah we'll get there when we get there um i think my last question is so what happens with greg and tamara it's a great question <laughs> i guess they were our final villains of the season though they it feels completely underearned. like yeah i agree with greg that. is actually like i almost put him as one of my like disappointments because you introduced a very sympathetic backstory for him, which is mm-hmm. like, I feel like any reasonable person would say, you've been, he thought his father was alive. He was coming back to find his dad, which is very noble. Finds out that his father was murdered for no damn reason other than Regina being a monster. Oh yeah, but by the way, we have to show that he's having an affair with Tamar on the side because he's got to be our villain. And then they try to make him go crazy when he's torturing the queen and he's like, fun, isn't it? I don't know what he says. But oh it was yeah, that was a bad line. line. I almost put that as a monster day. Oh, it was moment. so bad. And you're just like, it's scary, ain't it? There it is. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, so it's like he was crazed, but it was like, I even said his cause is noble. Like it honestly, it could have been the other way where Tamara was the like sycophant and uh-huh. the, like, and she's the crazy one. And then he's kind of just like in the back and he's like, I'm looking for my dad. The rest of this is just to further my agenda, but they yeah. like made him go up front. Mm-hmm. So I want to see what happens with them in season three. And gosh, I can't wait to find out what happens if they meet Rumble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are going to be consequences for your actions. Yes, yes, there are. All right. Well, please be sure to join us as we begin to talk about Season 3A, which is the way we're going to be referring to things now, the Neverland season. And our next episode will be Season 3, Episode 1, The Heart of the Truest Believer. We will see you next season in Neverland.